Welcome to the Modern Feminine Podcast. I'm Angela. And I'm Allison, and we're your hosts. On this podcast, we dive deep into real-life topics and don't shy away from the hard stuff. Our mission is to eliminate the shame surrounding hard conversations and encourage more open dialogue about femininity and unapologetic authenticity. And sometimes we're just two friends bullshitting over an espresso martini. We'd love for you to join us. I'm drinking my espresso martini way too fast. <laughs> so That's we're a good starting way to start this episode. <laughs> you are drinking it very I, fast. I'm sorry. You have two other beverages. I do. <laughs> I have three beverages. I only have two beverages. Okay. <laughs> you have three beverages. I only have two. Oh, almost gone. One of them's almost gone. And the two of them are coffee. So yeah. we're coffee based. So yeah. welcome back, guys. We are here with a very special guest today. Our first guest on the Modern Feminine Podcast. I was going to say, do you think they just thought Allison's voice super changed? Suddenly changed. <laughs> uh, how, how different is your voice? Like a harder edge or something? I mean that in the best. Oh, <laughs> uh, rude. rude. All right, everybody, welcome Rebecca Williams. I have to keep reminding myself. Um, one of my best friends, she's visiting for the holidays with her husband and so happy to have her. We thought we'd do an episode. Allison is not here today, sadly, because she's been out of town with her family uh, for, for Christmas. So it's just Rebecca and I today. Welcome. Thank you. Are you so excited? I'm very excited. I feel like I'm a modern feminine. You are. So, you, you know, are. <laughs> you are the first modern feminine woman that I met or was aware of, you know, as I understood that I was and or evolving into one. Yeah. You were you were my first example of that for me a good seven years ago. Like I'm eight. It was like wait. It was twenty sixteen. It was twenty sixteen. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're over seven, but yeah. So I I saw okay, I did not watch the whole video, but I saw the beginning of a video the other day where it was some kind of speech and I don't even know why it was recommended to me but I watched like the first 45 seconds and it was a guy saying that all friendships essentially start with one thing and it's this feeling it's this realization of wait you too uh and I was like that's really good that's really that true. is really true yes and it was that with you because okay, so we we fell in love online. Tell us our love story. Yeah, Would you like I'm gonna to start. Tell, I'm gonna tell our love story. I've just decided. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but okay, I'm remarkably good about making friends online. Uh, <laughs> Me too now. But yeah, yeah most everybody. But yeah, yeah. But um, so I found Angela because I was looking for ways to cook good meal i love to cook and i love to bake but i was looking for ways to make good meals without grains um and so you know i just start trying to find random instagram accounts mm -hmm. <laughs> where mm -hmm. where this is the case and i find her account and it's beautiful and everything looks so delicious and i go wait oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like this this looks really good and so 
I kind of, and, and the reason I was even looking for this is because I was trying to find food I could make for a boy I liked at the time. <laughs> so I wasn't even really thinking I'd eat this way. I'm just like, oh, if I get to cook for him, what can I even make him? Because he didn't eat grains or sugar. Um, yeah. And you were coming from vegetarian at the time or vegan? I, no, I no, I, I've been eating meat for years. Yeah, okay. I, I had, I had a three and a half year stretch where I was vegetarian and then vegan but yeah then I moved to Chicago because I moved to Chicago beginning of 2015 so almost yeah just about nine years ago yeah um and I'd been and I hadn't eaten meat until I got to Chicago and I realized how miserable it was making me yeah (laughs) I had just become such an angry miserable person yeah yeah I was that way when I tried as well yeah, so I started again, and now I'm I'm just you know pretty picky about the meat I buy and mm-hmm. everything, and yeah. that's not perfect, but I feel yeah. good about it. <laughs> but yeah, so the guy definitely ate meat, but he did not eat grains or sugar. So I was trying to find yummy things I could potentially make without that. And your recipes look so amazing, and then you had, but on top of that, you had such a good amount of information on your website about why one would eat this way it wasn't just like here's some food that you could make for a different thing it's why this is really good for your body and I felt like I was eating okay I guess I mean I don't know when you're naturally more thin it's easier to lie to yourself yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah but I I wasn't really eating all that great and um yeah, so I just thought maybe I should try eating that way. And anyway, then I started DMing you with little questions. Yeah, I'm still impressed that you would actually read my blog post that I would write with uh, this information they about were why. Yeah, they were weird and kind of not Angela-like, and, but yeah. I still had, you know, some science in there and things like like I do. Yeah, it had, yeah, provided me with good information, but then I still had questions and Angela had I think at the time you had a lot more followers because you hadn't removed a bunch of followers. Yeah, yeah, I removed yeah. a lot of followers. So much yeah, spammy stuff. Yeah. All the bot accounts yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But so I was like, oh, she's this really cool person and with all these followers. And like she's probably not gonna respond to me. But or, you know, whatever. But she did. And she was super generous with her time and her knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I was just liking her. And so <laughs> But yeah, and so then other topics started coming up. And yeah. yeah, at one point I mentioned, I mean, I mentioned different things, but at one point I think it was something specifically related to gender roles. And yeah, you were like, me too, yeah. in a way. So yeah, I'm like, yeah. you too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, I mean, I, I remember specific conversations that we had that got my attention because and even you know with thousands of followers these days it's like you're not getting that many dms the numbers have to skew kind of high to just be like super overwhelmed with dms but that said you know i'm not gonna sit and chat with people necessarily if it's not like a oh me too kind of thing but um i remember the the thing that did catch my attention first was you recommended a podcast on um neuroplasticity (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. I want to take this girl seriously. So this is a great podcast. It was a really good podcast. I mean, especially seven years ago when we were kind of just starting to understand it or have a little more information. 
And so, yeah, but that got my attention. And I think we exchanged phone numbers instead of just DMing. But yeah, the, the you were very, I think, cautious, somewhat cautious in opening up to me about the traditional gender role stuff as far as like, I don't think it was necessarily like you were timid about it. It was just like you were dripping little like trying to get a sense of how much I was like, yes, me too, with this thing, you know, because I was coming, I was still separated, still married in a relationship that was not operating that way. And so I was just recently discovering that for myself and what I, knowing that what was going wrong there and what I was then going to be looking for as you started sharing. Yeah, I, it's not that I'm ever, um, nervous to talk about what I like or what I think works well for a lot of people or anything it's it's more that I'm just I'm very aware that so many women so many people think yeah (laughs) you know think very differently think very poorly of um (laughs) you know a more uh traditional relationship dynamic yeah and everything um and 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 to be clear not even that I'm like traditional in every sort of way i don't want children yeah uh that's yeah. that's pretty untraditional for a woman. you're not on the trad wife trend um, bandwagon yeah. or anything yeah so i'm not and you know thank goodness i don't want children because i didn't i didn't find my husband until i was 32 33 um so yeah i mean i could maybe Pump out a kid right now yeah. if I really wanted. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, people, women still do that. But yeah. I, yeah. if I, if I had really wanted kids, the timeline would have been rough. Um, sure, but I don't. So I mean, I'm not traditional in every single way, but just um, a lot of the things about it, I am, and mm-hmm. I know a lot of people don't respond well. Yeah, yeah. As I think, partly, um, it's real, and partly it just seems like it that if we believe some of the things that we do, the ideals we hold, um, we're in the minority. I can feel like that a lot. And so cautiously, even even as I've talked about this podcast to different people, um, if I don't know where they stand with stuff, you know, and a lot of people will immediately assume that it's feminist, even though it's not called the modern <laughs> feminist, it's the modern feminine. That's where their brains go, is that we must, even, I think my mother thought that um, and didn't even realize until my sister told her or something. Wait, has your mother listened to it? I don't think. Mom, are you listening? Uh, she followed us on Instagram. She's been supportive. Okay. Yeah, but I don't know that she's listened. And for a while, she was thinking that it was feminist. And that's funny because when, when I share it, people immediately go to that because that's the more popular or louder voice I think presently yeah I think that's yeah that's an interesting point about you don't actually know if you're in the minority with certain opinions yeah because you know if you're in the minority in terms of what (laughs) in terms of just the stuff that's in movies and in tv shows and being written about in the large papers it's very easy to see the overriding opinions on any given topic in those things. And so you're able to see, okay, what's the majority opinion of like the elite writers and producers and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but the actual majority opinion of just like regular random people, that that one is hard to figure out. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I came from my upbringing and the culture 
is fairly traditional um, when we're talking about gender roles, although I still would never look at that and say that's what I, you know, I agree with all of that. It's really largely I don't. It's just more that, you know, the, the man is working and the woman tends to the home. And that part of it, I never, uh, there were a lot of things that had me leave that, the religion and, and the culture of that, but that wasn't one of them. And so, you know, when I met you and I'd already started to realize this for myself and been moving in that direction it was I was just like a sponge you know I was so excited to talk to you about it and just have a person that was outside of my you know religious upbringing that shared some of these same views so it was very fun yeah and I should say I'm like dropping backstory as we go yeah which is more fun for me anyway. yeah yeah <laughs> um <laughs> I should say so I uh grew up in a very religious household my parents are like evangelical evangelical Christians mm -hmm. I say were my my mother is past, but my yeah. father is still alive and well um but yeah they were very Christian um and I saw I think a really good example of a wonderful loving marriage, wonderful loving relationship um, in which the man was the head of the household and he just he took on so much. And in particular for my parents, my father had to do that even more so than usual because my mother was disabled. There's a lot that she couldn't do, although she absolutely did as much as she could. Um, but I just I saw him give so much and he always did it happily and just yeah. and you know they talk about how women can have trouble finding a good man when they don't have a good father yeah and I think that's so so true I do. because you just if you grow up seeing this amazing example, like I was lucky enough to have, I'm like, talk about privilege. I, <laughs> I had, I had like these amazing parents and I just got to see that. And I'm like, that's what a man is. Yeah. yeah. I am like not going to let men treat me poorly or anything. Not yeah. that I haven't ever had that happen, but sure, overall, yeah. like I know what a man is supposed to be. I know yeah. how he's supposed to operate. Yeah. And so that was just really wonderful to get to see. And so my parents came, and I think a lot of why their relationship operated in that way, and it was just natural for my father to step into that role was because of the religious tradition. Yeah. And yeah, and how the Bible tells men they should operate within marriage, whereas, yes, they're the head of the household, but also they are, they are sacrificing for yeah. that household they're not just like wielding their power yes, and, yeah yeah but um but i would i actually i am a christian now but that's a newer development um i did not call myself christian for a, i mean well over a decade of my life yes. yeah after i left the home i just you know i tried being like that when i was a kid but after i left the home i yeah. was just like i don't i don't feel this and I don't think that I'm yeah and that changed recently but but yeah well over a decade but anyway I say all that because I had my thoughts on more traditional gender roles and everything 
from the view of someone where no one was telling no one was telling me I needed to be this way. Yeah. It just yeah. made sense to yeah. me. Yeah. Um I mean I love just commenting on, you know, the example of your father and that you had that and, you know, I think otherwise we have to if we don't necessarily have that example get there eventually you know to to realize like what that that standard is and it does it can feel I mean from personal experience it can feel a little more difficult um to to get there you know I didn't have that although my parents somewhat had that um not really you know I mean my parents both worked right and my mother wasn't um like available i guess because she was working and there were five children she was sort of a boss with what she did exactly yeah she, she was definitely a boss with uh, how successful she was as a saleswoman and so you know even though i was growing up in that culture where it was modeled in other families and stuff um not necessarily modeled in mine um and definitely not um kind of the way that you're describing that you saw your father and so i didn't even it took me well into adulthood before I started to understand I mean I, I had to get more of an understanding of myself of course and um, no I didn't want a, that boss bitch um, identity or role and but then to also understand what the dynamic looked like for me that I was looking for like what I was looking for in a male um, because it's it's fairly nuanced when we talk about this stuff and I think that a lot of people kind of dismiss the phrase traditional gender roles these days and you know, and, and it can look very different from couple to couple. But I think some of the core values, like what we'll be talking about today, um, that that need to be there. And it's not always directly related to whether one person's making the money or not or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like I already mentioned, you know, we don't we don't intend to have children. So that's a thing that is more untraditional yeah. about that. Uh, but yeah, but I also I work. Yeah. And I love working. I Yeah, you have a full-time job yeah. and you likely will you intend to, right? For the forever. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like what I do. Um it, it it I haven't always loved my jobs, but I'm yeah. I'm really lucky to have one that I like right now. It's very fulfilling to me. I feel good about contributing to our household and everything. But um but yeah, but I still uh, well, and I get to work from home. Yeah. So that's really most of the time. Um, yeah. So that's really nice. But I still handle a lot. I still handle basically all the like traditional home things. Mm -hmm. The the cooking, the cleaning. Yeah. All of that. And I love to. I, <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. really good about it. Um, so, yeah. But it's. Yeah, it doesn't always mean the woman isn't working mm -hmm. and the man is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why do you feel that you love it? I mean, I could answer that for you because I know you, but it's like, why do you and how why do you enjoy that? If as a woman that doesn't want children and you enjoy work and you get fulfillment out of work, it's still, I think, very important to you to be holding down the home, right? Yeah, I love it because I love to serve. And yeah, and it, I knew for a long time that I wanted to do that for my partner. And I wanted to, I, and I mean, when, 
when you have friends, there are ways to do that. I mean, as yeah. as Allison has said on this podcast before, you're yeah. an amazing host. <laughs> and, and you're always, you know, you. you're always making sure people are comfortable and everything. Mm-hmm. So you certainly you find ways to do that, you yes. know, without yeah. yeah, having a man. But um, but there's there's a higher level and a much more regular level of being yeah. able to do that when mm-hmm. you have a partner. And it just it brings me joy. I think a lot of people could hear things like, oh, yeah, so my husband's a teacher and so he starts his days early. So I wake up at 6 a.m. every day with him, even though my work can easily start much later. Yeah. Uh, But I wake up at that time with him every day and I make him breakfast and I get his lunch ready and, you know, send him off with a smile and that makes me so happy. And and some people would hear that and be like, oh, why are you doing that? Why are you why are you bothering? Yeah. And I, you know, it just feels great to me. It it feels so wonderful to have someone to cook for all the time and to and to have to know I've been able to take so many things off his plate. But at the same time, and I think this is what a lot of people don't quite get when they think of traditional generals at the same time he takes so much off my plate yeah and he does so many things <laughs> and mm-hmm. i mean you know when i when i have to have furniture put together or something hung or something breaks or whatever he just takes care of it immediately yeah. or as quickly as he can yeah and so i mean that is where he is doing his traditional part and so it works wonderfully yeah yeah and I just feel like the male brain does so much better with like something's broken we'll fix it or this needs to be together or whatever and just the way our brains are wired it's just the stuff that yeah well I yeah like you said I I try to get that service element in my life as much as I can and I've really found that when we're talking about traditional gender roles and having the polarity of the masculine and the feminine energy, and we're talking about kind of being in that feminine space and coming from that place, um, that service is just a really natural instinct with the, you know, the instinct we have to nurture and, you know, fill gaps, make things more seamless and easeful for other people. You know, women are more, um, I think, you know, those that identify with like a feminine energy are a lot more, inclined to be empathetic and thoughtful and it's not that men aren't it's just those are strengths that we have and being able to serve is such a great way to like maximize that you know because I think a lot of people talk about like feminine energy stuff and how we're just like emotional and sappy and we want to have long deep conversations and stuff like that but it's not it's like we're I com- love our long deep conversations know, but also long deep conversations <laughs> but it's not entirely that you know it's like being in a feminine energy is like we're going to help make sure that your life like the male is as seamless as possible because you know men I think function really well when they have tasks when they have a mission in life you know and it sounds like you know your husband's got his work and I you know I know him he's very passionate about that and everything and so making it so that he can leave the home and do this thing that feels like he's you know doing his own mission in life like why I think whatever vocation honestly it doesn't really matter as long as a male has that and being able to serve him in a way that empowers him on his mission is the most like 
loving feminine thing that we can do. Absolutely. And I I love how much power we have over men. Yeah. And it's <laughs> funny because like a lot of like so many so many women maybe don't seem to see this or embrace it or yeah. But it's like I have so much power over how his day goes. And yeah. I don't just mean from like a logistics perspective. I mean I can be this place of peace. And even when the rest of his day is going poorly, I know that me being there and maybe like to like today is not the day to dumb war on him or whatever, you know, and yes. not that not that I'm always perfect at that. Right. Sure, but, yeah. um, but, you know, I, I can just be this like peaceful, happy, serene space when he gets home when he had a rough day um because he deals with middle schoolers <laughs> all day so that can be really rough <laughs> uh, yeah I, I wouldn't choose that yeah <laughs> i would not either yeah but um yeah or or i could just choose to wreck his day right and i don't choose to wreck his day but yeah that's the power we have yeah. and i okay so i Last night we watched Love Actually, which is okay. I'm gonna no, but because I there is this one scene where it illustrates us so well, and and people talk a lot of shit on this movie, and yeah. I, I do think some of it is deserved. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, but but Angela loves it, and I had not seen it in forever. I couldn't even remember it, so it was like I was watching it anew. And I mean, this is a genuinely entertaining movie, people. It is. Yeah. It's weird in it's a lot, lot of ways, yeah. but it's it's entertaining. But the scene that I loved was the scene where you have this prime minister who I don't even really, it sort of makes it clear, like, he doesn't even really know how we got there. Yeah. Um. He he must have just been, like, charismatic and charming. I would say a little classic Hugh Grant yeah. role right there. Yeah. Accidentally I mean, the prime minister. Who wouldn't elect Hugh Grant yeah. if he was running. I exactly. mean... <laughs> So it's like he got there because he's Hugh Grant, but then he doesn't really know what he's doing. He doesn't seem to have much of a backbone. No. And then what makes him actually have a backbone for his freaking country is that he likes this woman. He's not even dating her yet. But he likes this woman and he sees another guy being super, which is like the president, of, president yeah. of the U.S. Yeah. He sees another guy being super skeezy with her and all of a sudden he gets back yeah and <laughs> and it's like men will do so much for us yeah like there we have so much power and i don't yeah. think we lean into that enough like we're trying to or and i mean we can we can find power in other ways too but i think we sort of like totally disregard that and forget about that and we try to like claw so hard for the power that men have traditionally held and I'm just kind of like, that seems a bit exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would just rather <laughs> lean into like what I have naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Which I am biased, but I would say is actually more powerful than someone that is female trying to fight for that masculine power. Because, I mean, we've talked about it you know, uh, on prior episodes that it is exhausting to try and it's it's just feels so inauthentic to, you know, compete with men when 
we don't have the same brain, body, skill sets, things like that, and think that you're going to wield more power somehow. And it can feel that way. Like, you know, the the masculine energy of competition and control and, um, you know, some aggressive energy and stuff like that can feel fun, I suppose, if you haven't found your grounded feminine and experienced the power in that way. Um, it can feel like a way to kind of grasp for a way to be seen or heard in our current culture. You know, we have so much of a, such a loud voice just kind of fighting for that. You know, it's examples that we have in TV, media, you know, even female political figures and things like that. It's like they have to or they think they have to, you know, stand up as a masculine energy in order to just be in the arena. Yeah, I'm forever going to be upset about how people trash Marianne Williams. <laughs> I know. She's running on the premise of love. She's one of my favorites. I know. And um, yeah, we're not going to get like too political or whatever. <laughs> but no. I, and yeah, but I... I think she was the first time I saw a female politician attempting to be a politician. I mean, she never yeah. was, but um, coming at it from actually a feminine perspective. And I was like, wow, this is so damn refreshing. And I loved it. And then everyone was just trashing her. And I was like, oh, so yeah. So you yeah. want women in politics, but we don't get to be women. No, got it. Fuck yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, right. I, I, I just, yeah, it makes me angry. I'm like, okay, if we, if we do want that perspective, then let us have our, yeah, let us have our perspective. Yeah. Let us, let us be able to, to show you the things you're missing because it's not, I mean, yeah, like we're very complimentary. We both have blind spots. So we should be able to do that, but we, yeah. we actually can't do that very effectively if we're having to just be like that. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't need to get into a lot of political stuff, but it's just even <laughs> just, I mean, the fact that she made it to the debates was amazing and didn't, and still acted feminine within a debate structure. It was just very impressive. So you had a, I know you had something you wanted to say about role examples we have in media right now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, well, so I, yeah, Marianne Williamson was great of an example of like a woman who was female, yeah, trying to get political and actually staying in her feminine power and everything. But yeah, but okay, you guys were doing the things I love episode recently. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. okay, okay, people I'm loving. People. Uh, if we want to talk about people I'm loving, I just, I have to talk about Elon Musk. <laughs> Please do. Because he's just so, I I love my husband. He's my number one. He's the absolute <laughs> best. But I think Elon is like number two. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm never, and I, I know this is, you know, people don't like him and, uh, you they know, just love to hate him. I think they, they love to hate him. Yeah. And I constantly say that Elon Musk is exactly the type of man Ayn Rand was writing about. Mm -hmm. And we haven't, we haven't mentioned Ayn Rand yet, but I, I should say, cause mm -hmm. she's, she's kind of important. Yeah, she, she is. is yes. Super important. Slightly influential. Shout out Ayn Rand. Oh, um, <laughs> she carry here. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if she's a 
heaven. <laughs> she has to be in heaven. Oh, she was a raging atheist. I know, I know but you know. Maybe yeah. maybe she works them out at the end. <laughs> but I makes me sad the thought of her not being at heaven because I just love her mind so much. But Peter. yeah. But um but it was when so okay, so I talk about how like my parents had this great relationship, but I I'll like because of the fact that their relationship was so it had to be different. It had to be my father, like, taking care of her. And it had, you know, yeah. I didn't, it wasn't easy to map onto myself, right? I will say, like, I understood what a good man was, but yeah. it wasn't as if it automatically clicked in my head. Okay, I want a man to be head of the household. I want, you know, it, it, it wasn't watching my parents where that clicked for me. Um, where that did was reading The Fountainhead. And I first read it when I was 14. And, you know, so many people that would hear this, you know, like, ah, uh, the fountainhead is for like young, stupid people or well, what? I don't know. If you're 14 and able to get through the fountainhead, I'm really impressed with your I know, brain. Thank so. you. Thank yeah. you. I, I, I read it. Because I'm much older than that and I, I still haven't finished it. I read it in three days the first time I read oh it. Oh my God. I gosh. couldn't put it down. And it's a dense, yeah. like, it's not a short book. Yeah. But I mean, I, but all these years later, I still love it. It's still my favorite. And anyway, uh, most people, what they'll take from the Fountainhead is the philosophy of it and everything. And I, I love all of that. I truly love all of that. But what really stood out to me in the Fountainhead was the relationship, was Rourke and Dominique and how exactly that worked and their relationship. I mean, it's, you know, it's a book. It's a, <laughs> it's not a real yeah, thing. Yeah. There is a lot that happened in it that is not at all what happens in relationships in real life but yeah. but the power structure the you know how they related to each other and the fact that Dominique was still such a powerful woman but she chose to submit to him yeah like that was yeah that just changed my brain and see I, I and you know that wasn't what I saw with my parents my mother was not yeah a powerful she wasn't able to be but she was a wonderful woman but she wasn't powerful yeah um but yeah that would so anyway <laughs> well and so yeah i'm bringing it back to elon i think with the way that he operates i see the parallels with rourke with you know he was in design school and didn't follow the rules didn't he see he had visions that didn't line up with the current you know architectural whatever, how buildings were being built and stuff. He had completely different design ideas. And so, yeah, I, I completely see the parallels with Elon just saying, you know, I, I know that you guys think that we're supposed to be doing it this way, but, you know, fuck that. My brain has this other thing and I'm just going to do it anyway and I'm going to figure it out. And like solar cars were trying to be a thing and really kind of failing, you know, until Tesla, you know, he, he put them on the map and... Yeah, I could go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you had the documentary "Who Killed the Electric Car," because electric cars were dead. They were dead. Yeah. And then he was like, "Nah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not. No, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna make this happen again." Um, and yeah, and he's just, he's just such a great man. And I really, but I think the reason I appreciate him so much is. Like, to be clear, I think there are a ton of great men. I think there are a ton of great yeah. men that we will never know about. 
Yeah. Right. They're quietly sure. being great men for their families. Yeah. Or just in their, you know, yeah, in their fields. And for me, Johnny Depp is one that I probably wouldn't have even realized was if he didn't get pulled into the spotlight. I mean, he's obviously already in the spotlight, but it wasn't, you know, and I'm not a super like, I don't get like starstruck and follow. I don't watch reality. I don't I don't like get into celebrities lives. And so maybe there was more information about how who he was as a person that I wasn't aware of until he got pulled into the trial with Amber Heard. And if you watch the trial footage and I mean, he was obviously like, what is it, acquitted? Not, you know, not found guilty. Right. And she failed, <laughs> failed whatever her psyche valves and stuff like that. And so they saw like, I think she was she's histrionic. Is that the attention seeking um, one in that group? But it was just so fascinating to watch him be interviewed and learn more because they let him go into his backstory and his life. Like, have you watched any of this? I have not. This is fascinating because yeah, really I should. didn't. I try not to follow too much with celebrity yeah. stuff either. Yeah, yeah. But, and yeah. I, I, I mean, I heard about it right, but it was Allison who actually told me like you need to watch this trial footage. And it was before Netflix made it into a documentary, which I haven't visited. That I just watched. She was sending me like YouTube footage. I can't imagine Netflix is on John. Johnny Depp's side. I, and well, I don't know. The way they because, I, you've got to tell me. Yeah. I, well, I keep meaning to watch it because I've seen enough trial footage that like I get how it was going, but they would like his attorney would ask him questions to try and help give enough context of who he is as a person to prove that he's not the person she's portraying him as. And he's talking for, for I mean, he's just sitting there talking 10 minutes, 20 minutes no interruptions from either side. Everyone in the courtroom just fascinated listening to him talk about how his mother was and all of this stuff, like his just his life. And you listen to him talk and he's very similar to Elon in that he has not a lot of like vocal inflection. He's so grounded and even keel. And you can tell like he just he's a good person and as far and like a grounded male that you just you get to a point where you cannot fathom him doing the stuff that she's accusing him of because he's his character just shows through in the interview and I could listen to him just like Elon I could just listen to them talk forever and ever because when you have the chaotic like very um, imbalanced female energy coming at him that Amber was because he talks through a lot of their fights and stuff like that and exactly how that played out and how you know she would get emotional but how she would act when she was emotional which I mean I 100% am okay with the fact that women are emotional the femininity is emotional and it's the it's enjoyable to be emotional it sometimes is. it really is I love our emotional range but the what happens is like when you get you know the, in the polarity with a good traditional gender dynamic with male masculine and feminine is you have an emotional female and the male honestly like I, I always think like he needs to be the rock or like people say like these are the banks of the river and we're the water like you don't want a male that has no emotional regulation so to sit and watch Johnny Depp talk and Elon and who, these other examples we have where they're just so grounded and calm with an emotional female coming at him even to the level of what she was doing you know some of the crazy stuff that like she's even admitted to and he's just you know calmly receiving that without becoming emotionally dysregulated himself like it's so impressive to me this is super interesting I need to look at it yeah you've never mentioned it to me before I'm yeah. surprised that I didn't because I watched a good couple hours like I was skeptical you know but Allison sent me a couple things and I just got 
totally sucked in just listening to Johnny Depp's backstory and hearing about his life and his voice is so soothing. And yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, yeah. I love that there's another example. of mm-hmm. Yeah. But but it's kind of sad because probably most people don't. Well, yeah. Even with that example, it's it's something where it's not going to be super obvious because Johnny Depp is known for his acting skills. Yeah. We don't we don't quite get to He's not an entrepreneur. We don't get to see mm-hmm. as easily how he's moving throughout the world. And you very much see that with Elon. And yeah. you've seen it for a long time. And because he's he's been putting his thoughts and his opinions out there and yeah. everything. So, yeah. But, and now he has Twitter, right? Yeah. You saw it even more. We're going to call X because we respect Elon. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's <laughs> it's so hard not to call Twitter, though. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but... Now he has X and now and I just I love so much that he is just this voice saying none of this is okay. Like, you're, yeah. you know, you people trying to be like the thought crime police and and all of this. I'm putting a stop to this. And if I lose the company, if I lose all this money that I spent in it, I don't care. Yeah. What I cared about was that I saw something very wrong being done here and I actually had the means. I actually had the power to step in and try to crack that. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And if you guys want to try something, fuck you. Yeah. Like, go fuck yourself. Is <laughs> yeah. yeah. Saying. Basically, like, he's yeah. verbatim, I think, said that more than once. And it was just it's so refreshing. It's so refreshing in this world where, like, I loved the episode. Of course, you know, I would love the episode mm-hmm. of, like, not containing yourself. You know, mm-hmm. I am. I, I think I embody that pretty well. You do. <laughs> yeah. But I. Yeah. And it's like that is what society at large is trying to do with everyone. It's just you think this way. You talk this yeah. way. Yeah. You you have these opinions, and if you don't, well, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, yeah. And I don't use I don't enjoy using the word sheep, but I that's you know I, I think that's the closest people have come to try and say like what you know and and obviously it's used to the other side, right? Um, but I still see it as like this: if if we don't all collectively agree on things, then you are not you know, you don't belong, right? It's very much like that um, Charles Eisenstein piece that you sent me sometime in 2020 where he kind of talks through culturally how we bond together and things are very tribal and it just feels like you're not, you know, it's a kind of a human instinct to, it's difficult to disagree, but we need to be disagreeing and he kind of talks through like how he he brings in like Nazi Germany and other examples like where like this is what can happen if people are not disagreeing and challenging yeah. ideas, right? Like we're all supposed to agree on this one thing um, that's potentially really bad or even mildly bad or whatever. But yeah, and I love that Elon just sees that and he's able to use his, use his influence and his power, money in a way to disrupt them. Yeah, like I don't, you know, I don't think people should ever be disagreeable or contrarian sure, for the no. sake of being so, but we've got to we've got to think through some things. <laughs> Is it, yeah, okay, yeah. Do I actually think this or or do I think or do I even think like someone holding a different opinion is worth 
being really upset over. Yeah. Thing. Like, yeah. Maybe yeah. I think this, but right. Well, yeah. yeah. That's the, like the the strength and the ability to disagree and not being disagreeable, but ability to yeah. see someone as human while disagreeing with them. And I mean, bringing it back to the context of of our podcast and being uncontained. You know, you. How do you be uncontained if you feel like you're supposed to be, you know, merging with the crowd and agreeable all the time and not disagreeing with people and not able to have a voice that is different um, that you won't you won't. I've tried it. You won't be uncontained. (laughs) You'll be very contained. (laughs) Can I give you my my way of explaining it that I use a lot to people? Well, sure, or, sure. I, have I heard this? I, I just said that sentence so poorly, but I think they get it. <laughs> um, I think you've heard this. So I say how, like, when it comes to, yeah, it's related to being uncontained or whatever. Mm-hmm. I say that it seems as if, like, I I look at the world and it seems as if everyone's walking around with marionette strings attached to them. And at any given time... Everyone around them can play those strings. You know, the the crowd can play the strings. An individual that they're interacting with can yes, play them. Sure. Yep. And no one seems to mind because they get to play everyone else's strings too. Mm, yeah. And so, you know, you've got this, you've got this like copacetic thing where yes, you're controlled by everyone else, but also you know you have the power to mm-hmm, control them because mm-hmm. everyone cares what everyone thinks. Yeah. And I I I just really want everyone to cut their strings. And uh, uh, the thing is, too, though, like when you cut your string, you don't get to play other people's strings anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So maybe that's like a visual that people can work with. For yeah. <laughs> Well, and I, yeah. I love that one. I do remember you sharing that with me because when I decided to start cutting my strings and realizing that I couldn't, I mean, I, I, it happened very quickly for me, I suppose, um, as far as within my brain, because I was still, I was a part of that for a long time as an adult. But, you know, realizing that I could no longer, you, ha- you also have to stop, I guess, caring about trying to pull other people's strings, you know, and it feels a little bit like you're floating or something like that for a minute. But it is very liberating, though, to not have them. Yeah. And well, and I... Like, I should say, my husband has my strings. Like, I gave him my strings. But yeah, yeah. But, yeah. And it, it was actually, it was nice doing that, right? But it was nice because it was intentional. And it was for a person who I love and I trust. Yeah. Um, And most people aren't doing that. You're giving your strings to just anyone. Yeah. Well, and that's, as you were saying, that, like, that, that hit me that, like, if you cut them... And you also decide that you're okay not manipulating other in the same type of cycles and games. Uh, you can deliberately decide who to give them to at that point. And it's a conscientious choice of who you will let influence and or have, you know, some some measure of control on your life. Right. Um, that's very deliberate. And it is a it's a important and big decision that I think goes back to, you know, we're selecting these people. You're selecting your partner very judiciously. Um, takes a lot of self-awareness, I think. Um, but yeah. Well, yeah. And I I, sh- I should say too, um, just going more to like bits of my backstory. I 
So I understood the kind of relationship dynamic that I wanted, that I was very drawn to from the age of 14. Didn't even kiss a boy until I was 17. So <laughs> I, you know, so I wasn't, I wasn't dating at that time or anything. I think me too. Yeah. Or maybe 16, 16, 17. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think you at least weren't like totally ugly to the boys for as long as I was. Ugly to the boys, like attitude or physical appearance? Like physical appearance. I don't. Oh. I think my attitude was ugly to them too. They thought I was standoffish. Oh, what yeah. a surprise! Was <laughs> it because you had the slick back ponytail all the time? Bad ponytail. No, no. <laughs> it was because my parents were moving me around all the time, okay, and I was yeah. like, I just, I can't. I'm just gonna read my book in a corner every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, and not put effort in. Yeah, yeah. But um, but so I knew what I wanted. But at the same time, I thought, well, that's kind of a fantasy that and obviously the Fountainhead presents it in a very fantastical way. So uh, it wasn't exactly that that I was looking for, but I wanted that power exchange. I wanted that dynamic. But I, I just I didn't even think to try for it for so long. Um, I just found good men. They were good men who yeah. I got along with and who we, you know, we complimented each other in different ways, but there was always something missing. And it wasn't until I came to Chicago that I got to the point where I was like, I need to actually try for this. I need to be upfront about what I want and not just looking for a partner who I can laugh with or whatever, but yeah. it, it, it's going to keep filling like there's this really important hole. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, we've talked about a lot with, and you know, knowing each other long enough and being in the dating scene. And so many people, I think men and women alike, are just looking for this 50-50 thing. Like, just want someone that's there. I mean, for one, right? Like someone to, okay, I have someone to have sex with regularly and, you know, companionship. And also we can both take the trash out 50% of the time instead of 100% kind of like share responsibilities. And that's, and I feel like that's, you know, from how, what you've explained of your dating experience prior to moving to Chicago was a lot of that. And you, I think you had someone you were seeing or living with before you moved to Chicago, not long before that, where it started to come out that he had more of a feminine yes <laughs> yeah it, no he, that relationship was so instructional because yeah. he was he was a wonderful man I loved his brain in so many ways he mm -hmm. treated me really well um but yeah I mean it, it he was more submissive yeah and it wasn't until I was confronted with that that I was like wait I can't be in this role yeah it it feels horrible and it's not and I, I didn't want to be in a neutral role either yeah yeah, <laughs> but, yeah but yeah yeah but I remember you saying that and that helped kind of be like no I need to actually say what it is I'm looking for but yeah it's hard because we just are seeing so many people just looking for this 50 50 thing and and I I don't want to blame women or blame feminists but I feel like in some ways men also don't know how to deal with us that well when it comes to the dating dynamics they've been a little bit screwed up 
um, as far as, you know, like the new rendition of Baby It's Cold Outside. Can we talk about the new rendition of Baby about... It's Cold Outside? I haven't even listened to it because I am i wasn't excited to because I just knew it was not I'm like, why Wait, are we redoing are this? you able to look up lyrics while you're oh, like yeah, recording? Yeah, I'm, I mean, okay. talk and you I should will totally just look up the lyrics for and, you know, search the John Legend Kelly Clarkson one. But yeah, okay. So first of all, I got to say, as someone who is married and like in this, yeah. yeah. So trying to go, so people say this all the time where it's like 50-50 in tasks and everything. All that's doing is setting you up for failure. It's just setting you up for being upset with the other person. Because do you know how hard it is to measure 50-50 on like dishes <laughs> or taking out the trash or, okay, whose turn is it now? Yeah. And I, I, I just, it's, it's setting you guys up to get upset with each other. It sounds like you just always kind of be arguing like I took it out last. I took it out. Like who, if it's both of our jobs, how do you? Yeah. Inevitably, yeah. one of you is going to feel or maybe both of you because people are like this, both of you are going to feel like you're doing more than the other, or maybe yeah. one of you is obviously doing more than the other, and then you're just really resentful. But yeah, like, it's so nice that in our household, I'm just like, I never touch the trash. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's the one, like, I'm chore. jealous. I don't do, yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah, like, that is, that is the one chore. He, he just handles waste removal. And that's wonderful. Yeah. And I know he and I don't have to bug him to do it. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, hey, the trash is full because he, he hasn't noticed. It. Yeah, yeah, sure. But um, yeah. And then he just knows like he yeah, you're looking at these. He just I'm knows sorry. like I'm I'm taking care of laundry and everything. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he doesn't have to worry about it. even if I'm sick or what. Like, yeah, he doesn't have to worry. And it just makes it so there's never, ever an argument yeah. over who should do a thing. Yeah. But I feel like we're both doing a lot. Yeah, and of we, course. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, so you found these lyrics. I Oh, it's, it's, it's bad. I need people to just, I mean, you don't need to listen to the song. Just look up the lyrics because the they're so freaking funny. Because, okay. It was confusing for a second. So when you look them up, you have to look at the parentheses because, like you said, um, the female part, they kept the same. Yes. So Kelly Clarkson's words are the so, same. Like, I really can't stay. The evening has been so very nice. My mom's going to start to worry. Yep. Blah, blah. I better scurry. Her but, part's exactly the yeah, same. But John yeah. Legend's responses are in parentheses at each line. So yeah. you can see what he's saying. And he does start by saying, you know, I can call you a ride. Time spent with you is paradise. But then he says, but then she's still, she's still going on about how she needs to leave. So he's like, I'll call the car and tell him to hurry because that rhymes with worry. Yeah. So it, it basically, you know, for years and years, people have just been so up about baby, it's cold outside. It's as if it's all super rapey. It's as if they don't understand that a world existed before 2000 and maybe they don't, but no. Um, (laughs) Okay. It means you sassy. <laughs> no. We like more sass, the better. Yeah, but I, they don't understand that things actually used to be different in terms of what was socially acceptable for yeah. men and women who were just dating. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, it's pretty clear to me that these two people in the song like each other. Mm-hmm. But the woman is going to do the things she does where it's like, well, I should go uh, because society tells her she should go and then what the man is doing is he is properly like pursuing her Mm -hmm. and being like 
I like you and I'm going to give you a reason to stay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you an excuse. And I know, I know people are kind of crappy. They might talk. (laughs) But, you know, just tell them, like, you could have died in the blizzard. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's such a cute song. It is. I think it's so cute. one of my favorites. Yeah, me too. And, you know, if if I'm out with a man and... I'm like, I should maybe leave, you know, and it's not it's not that we do this as necessarily a ploy, but within courtship, it's like maybe you don't maybe they're newly dating and they don't really have you don't have a sense necessarily of how much the man is interested. And so it's like we have these little social type, you know, cues, words we like we might say to be like, maybe I should go. It's getting late because you don't maybe want to come out and be like, do you like me? Are we yeah. going to have babies? Like, you don't want to be that blatant. Like, it's just kind of like, okay, well, maybe I should get going. And then, you know, you have the man and like women, we all, we both mean to like majority of women want to be pursued. So to have a man be like, no, you shouldn't go. Let's spend more time. This has been nice. Like if that's happening and I'm like, I still have to go. And he's like, okay, I'll get you a car and I'll tell the car to hurry. Like, I, I'm just I wouldn't like, receive that oh. very well. Like, okay. Oh. I think like you said, when we were talking about it before. He's either just what? entirely disinterested or or he's super passive yeah and he doesn't under yeah. yeah so yeah it comes across so her, all her lyrics are still the same so she's still this woman who's like doing this little dance mm-hmm. of oh i should go i mean people are going to be worried whatever but he is no longer doing the same dance. He's dancing a totally different thing. Exactly. And so he's calling her. He called her a car, and he then she her says, car. "Maybe just a half a drink more." After yeah. he called her a car. Yeah. And um, and so it's either that he's just this man who has internalized a lot of what society has said, mm-hmm. and he's taken on this super passive role. Yeah. Where it's like, I need everything to be one hundred percent, like obviously consensual. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even gonna try to like we like consent people, but mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna try to say, hey, I would like to do like she has to present the idea first. Yeah. Before mm-hmm. I'll even do anything. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's either he's super passive or he's just really not insure. Like <laughs> Kelly Clarkson is getting rejected hard. Yeah, she is. In this song, at one point she goes, lend me a coat. And he's like, girl, just take it. Like he's like, do not come back to oh, my house with this coat. My gosh, just take it. And yeah. Wow. Um, so I, I'm just like, we're trying to do these modern updates mm-hmm. to things and it's not making any sense. Yeah. So I mean, I'm chuckling yeah. a little bit just because they really tried hard to make things rhyme. And she says, I'd better scurry. And he says, your Murray. driver, his name is Murray. Murray. And then <laughs> good old Murray gets another mention multiple times. So just in order to get it to rhyme, clearly there's a lot of R-Y words in this song. So, but it's just, yeah, I mean, to just be like, well, maybe just a half a drink more. Uh, there's another good line here that says, it's your body, it's your choice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that permission. <laughs> yeah. It's oh. it's just so it's so stilted. It is. And yeah. the thing is, it um a miss. It doesn't feel stilted if you both know your roles. Yeah. And if you both just know what you want and you're not afraid to express them. Yeah. It feels really, really nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad to me that like a male pursuing a woman is gotten conflated with lack of consent and these like rare 
I mean, but happening, but rare uh, instances where consent is very obviously not given. Um, but that is such a far thing from just the true, a male interested in a woman and pursuing her and showing interest and initiating the, I would say, like more intimate or sexual aspect of the dynamic. Um, and somehow that's turned into something ugly, I think, in the, a lot of the way that a lot of people talk about it. And yeah, and showing interest is such an important thing there, too, because it's like you can have men who I'm pretty sure they're interested, but they're just so passive. Yeah. Right. And then you have a lot of men nowadays who are just very manipulative about it mm -hmm. and they're withholding mm -hmm. interest. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And make us work for it. it. You know, you have you have the fuck boys. You yeah. have the yeah. And the thing is, um, I don't think this used to really exist because I think it used to be very clear to women how a man would be acting yeah. if he was interested in you. Yeah, it was easier for us to it, discern. It was so easy to yeah. tell. Mm -hmm. And if a man was doing this weird game where he's kind of jerking us around or whatever, we just, it would be like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's not my person. Mm -hmm. But now... A lot of times it's really sad and awful and they're able to get away with these games to a much greater extent yeah. because of how diffuse the rules have become. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. And I've seen it a lot. I've seen both both of what you just described with going on a first date with a guy and I learn later that he's super interested. He wants another date. He's texting. He's like, I thought that went really well. And I'm sitting there on this first date like... You just chatted with me like I was your bro. Like there's no like real flirtation, maybe some touch, maybe like that initiation to show me that you're interested in me sexually, not just as your friend. But that's like the passive end where they just don't do much. And I'm like, I don't I'm not a man and I don't want another friend. Like it's not why I'm here, you know, but they don't do anything. And then, of course, I've also experienced the the fuckboy energy thing where they will, you know, drip little things to try and make you you know really scramble and feel like you know you have to work to have them give you interest or pursue you in any way so was it there was it like an i am this i'm 30 as fuck um real i just saw a day or two ago where they're walking through this museum with like hieroglyphics and inscribing and the women are like and he can't even fucking text me back and he was like carving into a slate they were carving their words and he just won't even text me back and leaving me on red so yeah no i i mean men used to have to do a lot to yeah. actually get it's our true. attention yeah. and get our and yeah and it's like how exactly has this helped us? How has it helped women mm -hmm. to, and I'm not even, I'm not even talking about like the changes in sex or anything yeah. like that. I'm not, we're not getting into that subject. Um, But just, just changing how the game yeah. is done, changing how we interact yeah. and everything. How has it helped us that now men barely have to try yeah. and that they're allowed to, we allow them to play these games yeah and it works for them a lot of the time mm -hmm. there or there's really no there's really no repercussion that they feel and they just yeah. go on and keep doing it and it's it's sad because yeah. it makes it it makes it hard for like 
you're amazing and you know and and you have a hard time mm-hmm. finding yeah you know well i know that you you met your husband on a dating app right yeah and i mean we've had so many shout out okay cupid <laughs> what was gonna say okay cupid which i have not had luck with but i know we've had many conversations about dating apps but one of my main whatever's that's kind of I'm against them in some ways is because I feel like they have fed into this quite a bit because of like it's swipe culture and I'm not like you know screw the man I hate it like you know I've downloaded them into like off and on over the years but the fact that that's so easy to just swipe to another woman and you know if there's any obstacle or some little thing it's like they'll they'll just be like next or they want you know there's obviously the I think a lot of the fuckboy energy is that they will get attention like I mean even fuckboys are human men that probably want something serious at some point and want a good woman but rather than having 100% of one woman and putting the effort in there to pursue core whatever there they will take 10% from 10 women and so I, I don't even do the I mean, a lot of people do the like Instagram, you know, you follow a bunch of different people and creep on people. And like I've had exes that continued to follow me for years. And, you know, you look through the, their followers and there's a ton of different women because they're they're taking this superficial like the the level of effort that's required to have 10 percent of one woman. And they're doing that on a low level with a lot of different women to kind of fit their fix that or meet that need that they have rather than just one. So anyway, not not a big fan of the the changes we've had in our dating scene that I think have lent to, you know, this direction where they don't have to work that hard. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, I was. Yeah. With the attention thing, I think attention is like a drug mm-hmm. for so many people now. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, so rather than more attention, so. Yeah. Than, like then it yeah. feels the dopamine hit of you know a multiple women giving you a little exactly. bit of attention feels and better variety yeah, yeah you know exactly. it's it's not just that you've managed to capture the attention of because you know attention from your partner is wonderful but you're you're managing to capture it from so many people yeah and look how great you are exactly. because of that and you know who would want to give that up and it's it's sad because yeah it's like this quick terrible drug yeah as opposed to you know, yeah, yeah. the nourishing, wonderful, lasting thing that is finding your person. Yeah. I, you yeah. know, even even having like a long term relationship. I mean, if it doesn't if it's not mm-hmm. your person to marry, whatever. But yeah. Yeah, you know. yeah. yeah. Well, and I, of course, my coach brain goes and likens it to our like food consumption habits around that yep. and like quick hits of dopamine from things that give you temporary pleasure versus a lasting joy of you know, like the way that we try to eat, where it's just a sustainable, nourishing, and we still both get a tremendous amount of pleasure from food, but not in the way of like these quick hits. It's the dedication to true nourishment, which so just tracks in my brain to like the effort within with a woman and the depth and whatever that you'd achieve from putting just just one per just one person you know and I always think like it's 2024 like as much as I love the traditional gender role stuff and like men should be pursuing and like maybe you could knock me over the head with a club and drag me back to your camp kind of thing and I wouldn't be that mad like about being it lightly knocked <laughs> I know, yeah I'm like it doesn't sound so bad but also haven't we evolved past the like 
the male instinct, which I know is physiological, but to like spread your seed everywhere too, you know, and have like a high body count when it comes to, uh, you know, partners and things like that. Well, and okay, I I don't want to get into too much with religion stuff, mm-hmm. but I, I gained a much better appreciation for this once I met my now husband. Yeah. Um, in terms of the dynamic of like the man being more dominant, the woman being more submissive and everything. And um it, you know, it sets it up that way and it doesn't use words dominant. It's just like head of the household. But that's yeah, that's yeah. the energies of it. Um but it sets it up that way in the Bible because the man is submissive to God. So it's not as if the man has no one above him. So that is why it's also easier to trust when, when, you know, when you, when you have a man who is, is a follower of God, because it's, because what you were just saying, it's like, it is difficult because like, who are men accountable to? Mm-hmm. Like how, what's helping them reign in these urges? Yeah, and yeah. the urges are real. They and are. It, it's, mm-hmm. Our biology hasn't really changed, yeah. and so what is actually making it so they choose not to do that? And maybe they're very high-minded, and they realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Even a man as great as Elon Musk has he's. Had how, how children, children with like four women. Yeah, I know. Or something. I thought it was more than that. I, but it might, you might be right. I know that it it's, might be more. It's a number of partners, though. I think he has something like nine children, though, amongst different women. Yeah. Not necessarily nine women, but yeah. Yeah. But, and yeah. I'm sure he takes very good care of those children sure. in terms of, you know, financially. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, he's, you know, he's not really answering to someone else. Yeah. And so there's, there's yeah. those aspects that aren't, like getting reined in and yeah. it kind of helps yeah. and I don't think it's it's essential but I think it helps mm-hmm. yeah and I mean I feel like this is kind of a whole another podcast episode and we are getting short on time but um just the <laughs> and you thought we might have travel time I, I didn't have, really we but, don't have travel yeah, time yeah no um but yeah I I we've had many conversations about religion with my upbringing and your evolution and that argument is one that is actually like piqued my you know because not that I'm dismissive of everything that you say but I'd already come to a place for myself where I'm not Christian any longer but that (laughs) it's because you know like you said maybe men the men are you know super self-aware and able to you know fight that instinct and evolve beyond that part of their biology but especially for those of us that are looking for like a very deeply dominant male and you have the whole stigma of like women love assholes and all of that and it's yeah. like you got it's it's delicate balance it's when you're difficult to find that balance yeah, where yeah. they're very tapped into that like masculine strong dominant energy while suppressing what a lot of those natural urges are that will come with that. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's delicate. Yeah, yeah. So and I've had conversations with men that I know about this specifically, and like the feeling that it that they feel, you know, to 
have multiple women have the tension and this is like some men I've had conversations with are not actually like fuck boy energy you know but it's just having that conversation to understand like because women are not I don't think that we're natural and I know that some women choose to maybe just you know spread their seed you know whatever mm. you want to call it for women but um I think for I the think most it's part why it's the more pejorative throw ourselves around yeah um which I don't love, mm-hmm. but but it's because there's not really a biological yeah. thing yeah. with us. Yeah. Like no. we actually like biologically, it sort of doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. For us to be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say I didn't do that when I was younger. No, no. I just, yeah. That's yeah, why I say it's, like it's not a judgment thing. I just don't it's think it's why we talk about it in a different yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. And I just don't think it's necessarily an urge that as many women have as men have right because of the biology totally. yeah i think it's something it's it's been an adaptation yeah it's it's yeah. been a okay oh, yeah what do we do because yeah in I mean, this what do we do in this world now like what when you're dating and yeah. what you're just gonna yeah not... i mean the, the origin of the word womanizer perhaps like probably came way before the other pejorative terms that we have for us when we try and sleep around right like you're saying like it was not it was it was I think I think along before for men that this was happening then women that that it's adapted to that and but but anyway it's just a it, the men that can be go beyond that and understand the um power they have with just one woman rather than trying to get that from multiple women um is I think <laughs> just put those men up on a pedestal and it's, it's that's it's it's impressive is really what I'm saying I'm saying I recognize that it might not be easy but then you know back to the analogy with food and stuff it's just yeah. absolutely the depth of that is is worth it I'm gonna say that nothing worth doing in life is easy no and sleeping with a lot of women is easy so yeah I yeah. mean yeah it's well it's it's easy if you're a, a type of man right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and and yeah. and I think that they sort of it surpasses in their brain. They're like, well, I'm doing this thing that all these other men can't do. So that's why I should, that's why it's Mm -hmm. impressive. That's Mm -hmm. why I should do it. It's like, no, but it's impressive if you actually build something. Yes. What are men like to build? What are you building? Exactly. By getting a hundred notches on your belt. Yeah. No, you're, (laughs) you're, you're building a life of vapid memories. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, you know, we like the depth. So, okay. I I know we're getting like basically to the end of time, but I I need to, I need to do a PSA. (laughs) I need to do a PSA for the the women. Yes. Okay. This is totally, this is. Take us home, Rebecca. There's no smooth transition to this, but okay. Okay. But this is like, I swear this is knowledge that we've just lost. It's not like I discovered a thing. I'm sure women have known this for forever, but, um, okay. So you know hopefully ladies all of you are pretty good down there most of the time (laughs) you know hopefully we're taking good care of our bodies and so everything is chill and happy down there with your fissure um see okay this see this is why fissure is a great word because i can just yeah i think that well that we already rated explicit so you can say whatever whatever. but yeah but i love fissure um so yeah but you know sometimes things seem a bit off mm-hmm. sometimes it's just you know maybe you wear a bathing suit for too long or maybe you had a ton of sugar over the holidays yeah. um because that can 
totally throw off your balance in your body or, you know, stuff like that. And um, now what we think we have to do is we think we have to just bomb our fissure (laughs) with monostat or vagicel or something terrible like that. And first of all, it costs like $20, which is obscene um, for us to feel okay again. (laughs) But but yeah, but also it's not fixing things. It's just taking away all the bacteria. And you don't want to do that because there's lots of bacteria that's good bacteria. And yeah. So anyway... Like antibiotic, I don't even want to put an antibiotic in my gut, much less my fissure. Exactly. Yeah. But that's what they tell us to do. And that's all, that's the only option we're ever told. Yeah. And I need women to know, I need this, this information to disseminate throughout the world again, so that, so that people know this, like next time something is filling off with your fissure, just put a little yogurt in it. it sounds <laughs> weird, but you know what? Yogurt. <laughs> has got so much friendly, friendly bacteria. And we know this. We know this for our guts. Mm-hmm. We know it. But like, it's it's going to work. It's going to help you. And 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 even if for some reason there's something really wrong and and it doesn't, it's not going to hurt you. Is exactly. The thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you just, you know, it's super simple. Just a bit. And it's not going to cost you $20. Yeah. You probably have it in your fridge. Okay. Okay. It needs to be plain yogurt. Yeah. No. Do not no. do the sweetened yogurt. No sugar. Don't do that. Fissure. But um, yeah, obviously I should caveat that with I, I only have a plain yogurt in my fridge. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. But I. And I suppose I there's also the issue of people, companies are pasteurizing after making the yogurt. So there is yogurt out there that does not have live probiotics. But if you're getting a good grass fed that talks about probiotics on the container and exactly. it's, yeah, then yeah, that's the one you want. And I have seen more natural suppositories like uh, Honey Pot, who oh, we've bought the fissure I've, soap from. Yeah, I've they tried have one. those. Yeah, I haven't tried them. But... I, I Yeah, I tried that years ago Um, one time when I had, you know, things were yeah. pulling off and it was a huge pain. I, first of all, you always have to do them overnight and everything. Yeah. 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 It was a huge pain. But also it was like 10 days. Oh, geez. 10 days of doing this thing because it's more natural. Annoying and, and expensive still. So, yeah. yeah. Because it's like more natural. So it takes longer. And I think it sort of worked. I, I mean, yeah. I think I think it yeah. eventually worked. Right. Yeah. But it's probably just essential oils or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was and, something. Yeah. It was like boric acid yeah. and essential oils or okay. something. And so it eventually worked. Yeah, yogurt, like one day. Yeah. I just, I need, there's no smooth transition this. I just need women to know it. <laughs> I just, I, I'm i I'm much like Angela where I'm into a lot of the natural. We're into living like a good, yeah. And this is something I just public service announcement there you go well yeah it helped me last week so yeah and you yes. have to try this yogurt that allison record oh, that we talked right about now. on Yay. the last episode okay. yeah because it's so good it was a good 10 bucks for the thing but it was worth it so yeah well thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing your wisdom with us <laughs> thank you i think you know i think the last part was just like the most important yeah yeah oh <laughs> uh, well it's been fun having you on thank you and thanks for listening guys thank you for uh, allowing me on your podcast yeah, yeah. all righty till next time bye